wonderful friend, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, your host. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay with us for this hour as we are going to open the Bible once again and learn a little bit more what a subject, what a theme we had for the last few weeks and we are continuing. You know that you can be part of this uh, broadcast. You just need to send us a text message. The number is 048 Please don't hesitate to send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and we'll be very happy to take some of your messages. You may just uh, like to share with us uh, in regard to the topic which we choose for this uh, program, or you may have a prayer request. You may like to uh, send us, and we'll be very happy to pray on air if that's um, what you like. Be part of this program. That's what we are broadcasting because we want to engage with you, my dear friend, listening today. Bringing it together for the first part of um, this uh, theme, which we choose essential steps uh, to walking with Jesus. We had some questions already. We asked, uh, like, uh, does my picture of God matter? What is the gospel? Was another question. What is repentance? Is it essential? Can I know I have been accepted? I think this uh, question many people asked, you know, and unfortunately there are many people who are um, disappointed or discouraged because of their life uh, or situations going on in life. And they wonder, will God accept me the way I am? My dear friend, the good news is that God does accept you as you are. And he will work in you the change which is needed. You just need to give your heart to Jesus. Please don't hesitate to do that. Then we are going to look into this uh, question today. Um, What does it mean to be a disciple? I believe uh, that's important because uh, we are here not only to for ourselves. I mean, uh, it's nice, it's wonderful to uh, find salvation and to find Jesus and to follow him. But we are here also to represent Jesus. We are here to become a disciple of Jesus, to share the good news which we receive to as many people as possible. And that's what we are doing this broadcast. And... Uh, Again, I'm inviting you, uh, my dear listener, uh, get involved with us, engage with us. Maybe you have to share a, a beautiful thought uh, during this program. Let us know where you are listening from. That will be very nice also. The number again, it's 4 888 one Now, I had a few um Issues just um, while I was trying to connect with uh, David Lima from Family Voice Australia. I will try again to see if um, I can connect with him now before we are moving on. Um, and let me see if that works first. I hope it does because I can see the phone. I can hear the phone ringing. 
Hello, Nick. Hey, is that David DeLima from Family Voice Australia? Good to have you with us, David. Thank you very much, Nick. Hey, um, yeah, I was a little bit worried because I couldn't connect with you. Uh, just I tried a few times <laughs> before, but you know how it is with these uh, gadgets, these things. Uh, we we st- sometimes we stretch it, you know. And uh, I'm speaking from experience because I stretch it a little bit myself today. <laughs> and uh, I see that uh, Tracy, which is our co-host with us here in the studio, she's smiling at me. But Tracy, it's good to have you with us. Welcome to the program. <laughs> Hi, Nick, and welcome to all the listeners as well. Oh, you want to uh, to tell what you are are so happy or smiling? <laughs> no, I think both you and I um, at times we stretch it, don't we? <laughs> and yeah. it's and it's the Holy Spirit that helps us along many many times. Absolutely right. The reason I'm saying that to Tracy because I w- I was kind of stuck in the traffic a bit, and uh, you know worries came <laughs> to your mind, thinking, "Are you going to make it?" But uh, we are here and thank God and uh, thank God for answering prayers also mm-hmm. because we were praying yes, to, we did. Uh, to be able to come yeah. on time. But yeah, it's, it's really good. Well, uh, David, I'll come to you now because I know that you may need to go uh, a little bit later. Yes. Um, you know, I just want, uh, I, I hope that you heard about when I introduced the program, what we are talking about uh, and all these things. But if you didn't, you know, we are talking about these uh, uh, essential steps to walking with Jesus. And we had those questions, you know, uh, what is my picture about God? Does it matter? Uh, what is the gospel? Um, what is repentance? Is that essential? Can I know I have been accepted? And then the question which we'll um, look into a bit more today is, uh, what does it mean to be a disciple? When I looked at these questions, it came in my mind something which is a bit of a headlight now, you know, uh, in the news. I mean, probably you may think what I'm referring to, but I wonder if you are able to share with us, maybe from your point of view, um, about uh, this gentleman from... um, Houston, what's his other name? Brian Brian Houston. Yes. Uh, Yes. Yes. Now, I'm pretty sure that uh, you come across that was on the news and is on the news right now. Uh, um, Are you able just to share a few thoughts about that? Because I wonder, you know, when you look at these questions about repentance, about uh, acceptance, uh, um, gospel, you know, these people uh, speaking from the pulpit, you know, and all those things. What would you like to say first in regard to what's yes. happening right now? Well, I'm delighted with the outcome. Uh, I was convinced all the way through that the charge was really one that had no no serious uh, chance of passing. And uh, the court has found him to be innocent. In, in other words, the case that was made out against him, which is that he failed to notify the police about his father's uh, sexual misadventures, uh, was was an offence. Now, he, he's quite openly admitting, sadly, and it must break his heart, that mm. his own father was uh, was a serial pedophile. Um, mm. and, and he even said, you know, we, we, we will never know the extent of his, uh, of his offending. But um, the the matter did come to to Brian Houston's attention as as the son of the father and uh, indeed as as leader of the of the denomination. Yeah. But uh, the 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 matter wasn't covered over. It was recognised and admitted. And uh, it's really up to any person who has been offended against in order to make a complaint. 
and and bear in mind, of course, this is going back uh, several years now, many many years ago, yeah. and and, uh, and the law the, the law which applies today, uh, being a new law. Uh, does not have retrospective effect. Yeah, well, that's, so it, uh, sorry, yeah, uh, sorry yes, to interrupt you a bit there because that's that's what uh, really caught my attention and my interest mm. in this regard. Mm. Because I mean, we are not picking on a person here. You know, uh, no. uh, you have to give that uh, um, how it's called that in law. You know. Uh, the presumption of innocence. Presumption of innocence, you know. I mean, you can. Yes. But when the matter is brought uh, before the courts and all those things, of course, as a public person, uh, that will have a lots of um, impact, you know, in mm. uh, in society mm. and particularly even in the church and with believers and and as you just pointed out, even with uh, uh, those people who uh, who were offended, you know, mm. and. Mm. Oh, as you as you said, I mean, this is uh, as it is here um, that the court find out uh, that he is n- not guilty of that, yeah. and and how can you say other otherwise if the court says that? But what I want to say here is the the problem is this. This was on the news uh, before with some other things, you know, what uh, uh, Mr. Houston, you know, uh, representing the uh, a large church, a large denomination yeah. here in Australia, yeah. and. Uh, you know the reflector will be <laughs> on people like like him or others you know when something goes on in life and that's when i look at those questions you know in regard to uh, does it matter you know does it matter what's my position in regard to this and that and as you pointed out that um, he's openly saying that that his father you know he recognizes that i just want to pick on something i mean this is um, and i don't want to be tangential here, you know, but uh, why for a long time was not spoken out about that until it was brought to the attention? Because that's uh, that's one thing. Can be a person hold accountable? Because he's trying to say that um, he was trying to protect even the victim. You know, because the victim might ask that I don't want this to be public. And and, right. and this yeah. like that. How can you juggle all these things uh, to still come out as um, a good, uh, responsible yes. uh, person yes. following God? Correct. Well, we have uh, competing interests here. We've got the rights of the individual. We've got the in, the need to protect the community. But above all, we've got to make sure that what we do is pleasing in the sight of Almighty God. And I believe that, uh, that despite Brian Houston's faults, uh, which I'm sure there are many, just as there are for mm. any of us, mm. uh, nevertheless, he, he has conducted himself in this manner very openly. The, the judge, in fact, commended his openness mm-hmm. and his willingness to cooperate with the court. So that's a fantastic thing to be said about anyone. And it's the sort of thing that you'd expect from a Christian, especially a Christian leader. Mm. Um, now, it is necessary indeed to protect uh, the the person who, who may not wish to follow through with the matter. Now, uh, there is, of course, the safety of others. And the matter was dealt with uh, at the time uh, and, and Pastor Houston Sr. Uh, was excused from his duties. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's a mistake for us to, to judge what happened then by, by the more recent standard which we've adopted in the community. Um, but that really means that, um, that the pastor has got to do the right thing before God and before the law. 
and, and that's what he's done. But the the mistake in the prosecution, I think, was to bring a matter uh, to bear which uh, predated a change of legislation. So we now have mandatory reporting requirements, mm-hmm. which didn't apl- didn't apply decades ago. Uh, so now they probably should have applied decades ago, but they didn't. Yeah, and it's it, it's an error in law to to find someone guilty of an offence which at the time was not an offence. So if it were happening today, uh, he would have to report the matter regardless mm-hmm. of the uh, of the wishes of the person who wants to bring the accusation um, because there is, a, there is a higher requirement, which is uh, the safety of the public. Uh, in this case, it's a, a, in the Christian community. So things will be done differently today. But mm-hmm. as I say, it's a mistake to judge people today by a different standard which applied in the past. Yes, and and uh, of course uh, there will be different opinions from different angles, you know, in this regard. Uh, uh, and, and as I looked at this, you know, uh, he openly, yeah, he admitted uh, certain things. Uh, yeah. We don't know the full, uh, you know, uh, story yeah. behind it, and he's eligible, if you like, for uh, acceptance. You know, if he repent, but that's the that's yeah. the thing because you'll. You'll have now the other party, you know, the offender, and it's it's a very difficult um, case to put it this way. Yes, very difficult yes. case, yes. and uh, uh, I know that Jesus was caught into a lots of uh, differences, you know, and accused of certain things. You know, it's not easy because the enemy of God, which is Satan, and the enemy of each one of us, will try to do everything to disturb us. But what I'm mm. trying to say here today, and particularly under this. Uh, um, you know, a segment of World Watch, you know, uh, this is something which surfaces. Are we prepared to to face it, you know? And uh, we know that the Christians will be persecuted if we look in the Bible. Uh, and uh, unfairly, uh, many times, I believe, will be, will be even judged and uh, um, dealt with. But yeah, that's another thing. Uh, just before I come back to you, David, uh, I'm wondering, Tracy, do you have any thoughts on this, uh, or um, does does it raise any concerns, or you're not, uh, um, you know, on the news that much? It just may. It just what comes to mind is the fact that uh, it's unfortunate that often uh, when things uh, go into the media, that there is trial by media that um, takes place, and regardless of people, if people are exonerated often their reputation has been destroyed. Damaged, yes. And they don't ever completely recover from 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 that. Uh, you know, there's always um, those comments where there's smoke, there's fire, mm. all of that kind of thing. Mm. Look, I'll be honest and say that, that you know, I've I've been one that gets caught up in that as well, you know. Um, so, so, yeah, we just have to be very careful uh, about... Um, uh, getting involved in 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 judging by media. Mm, mm, yeah, and yeah, our conduct it's uh, very important because uh, you know uh, even if you think that you can uh, maybe pass this or that, you know, as a public person, that's uh, very and I think, very difficult, you know, I to deal with. Too, as you mentioned, you know, the reflectors being on. 
uh, we have to be very conscious of the fact that if we are going to declare ourselves Christians, then as much as we are sinners just like everybody else, those who are not believers will look at us and expect a higher level of standard. Mm, mm. And we need to, you know... Um, Ask God to help us in our helplessness yeah. to to be able to live up to to those standards. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, uh, Tracy. David, I'm coming back to you, and I uh, didn't ask you at the beginning if um, if you have something else to share with you today, like uh, if it's any uh, breaking news. You always bring something on, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, sure. coming coming sure. back to you, and uh, anything else which you like to say in uh, on this aspect, or if you want to share something mm. else, please feel free to do that. Yes. Well, Tracy has mentioned trial by media, and this brings to mind a very current concern that we have. It's a piece of uh, legislation that the government federally is hoping to advance, and it's on this whole matter of information and disinformation. And unfortunately, what this is going to do is it's going to empower uh, ACMA, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, to require action by social media platforms and digital platforms mm. to remove to remove uh, fr- uh, you know YouTube posts or uh, social media posts and such like which uh, are deemed to be disinformation. Now, now the problem here is well, who decides what's information and what is disinformation? Mm. Mm. So, so uh, there is there is a serious problem. We think about um, the the clear. Interference by Moscow and Beijing in international affairs, mm. where, where where bots are set up and they basically mimic uh, likes uh, in social media, and uh, so they provide a, a distorted um, concept of of how popular something may or may not be. Mm-hmm. And you know, we think about the interference in in U.S. elections and such like. So there is a real issue here, but uh, unfortunately our federal government seems to be uh, uh, overly responding here. Uh, Now, if ACMA or anyone else wants to identify something as suspected of being disinformation or possibly disinformation, fine, flag that and let the discerning uh, user of social media do their own googling and do their own homework to to see what's going on, mm-hmm. rather than simply remove something. And uh, we've we've got um, a high profile uh, media person, Peter Cridlin, at the moment, who's had stuff removed from social media because it's branded as disinformation. Now she she was chief chief of staff to two prime ministers in this country. She's no fool. And and she and she's no troublemaker. You know, you might not agree with everything she says, but uh, that's not the point. Uh, uh, she has made factual statements which have been removed because they are regarded as disinformation. So we are we're now facing a culture, as, as Tracy points out, of trial by media, which really means that those who can control the media control the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so we we are very much uh, on the verge of. of of uh, further erosion of free speech and free expression. Um, David, can I ask, was there some kind of um, objective panel put together to put put together a document in terms of what would be the guidelines on, on this kind of um, censorship? Well, uh, we're yet to see exactly what the government has in mind. They have produced... 
uh, a draft bill, uh, which is highly problematic. It's being opposed by the coalition, um, but it's still likely to pass the parliament. But uh, hopefully there'll be some amendments at least to try to um, minimise the damage. But uh, ACMA, which is the Australian Communications and Media Authority, uh, at this stage, if, if the current bill is passed, uh, would have really an unfettered opportunity to make declarations about what should be removed. So they'll, they'll immediately require Facebook or whomsoever, whatever it's called these days, we keep changing the names, can't keep up with it, uh, they'll require them to remove posts or to remove videos, etc., which are uh, branded as being disinformation. Uh, and so the, the, the poor individual who's, who's trying to use Facebook you know, in, in good faith in order to post the truth uh, is, is finding himself or herself really at the, at the mercy of a bureaucracy. Mm. Scary mm. times, mm. actually, Nick. Yeah. Uh, because I have made the comment to others that we have a window of opportunity here at Faith FM where we are allowed to speak out for God uh, and there will be a time when that will all be shut down and, and what um, what David is talking about is the beginning of that. Yeah, that's so true, so true. Yes, well, uh, uh, thank you so much, uh, yeah, David, for uh, uh, being with us uh, uh, today. Uh, you know, David, can I ask you before you leave to pray for us and for our listeners? Yes. Thank yes. you. Lord, we do pray for our federal parliament, and we do pray that enough concerned people will raise how upset they are about this attack on free speech to persuade people of whatever political party in order to safeguard the freedoms that we need. So may your wisdom be upon the parliament. And I pray for all of our listeners that they would be stirred by this, but that their hearts would not be troubled, as your son taught us, that our hearts should not be troubled, that we should trust. We should also take action, but we should not fear. And so I do pray that we would be emboldened to respond to salt and light, but without fear. Let's ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, uh, David. May God bless you and uh, be with you as you are still standing up tall for uh, Family Voice Australia. And yeah, all the best uh, to you in everything what you do. Um, Thank you. We are going to take a short break here, have a piece of music, and I will come after this, my dear friend, with some more information about uh, offer which we have uh, for you today. Please stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. And this is uh, a beautiful song, I Am Forgiven. Strange the path we choose I've tried but failed to walk in someone else's shoes Strange how I've tried To walk this road alone Not knowing the things I might find
that life goes on But now the fears of living life for me are gone I know that your love Can save me from myself in ways I can't explain This is Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and with us here in the studio is Tracy Papandreou. We just had before the break um, uh, David Lima from Family Voice Australia. We look into a quite interesting uh, aspect uh, in regard to um, Mr. Houston, Houston. Houston and his case uh, before the court and the verdict uh, coming out there. Uh, and my dear friend listening today, if you have uh, something to share, don't hesitate to share with us. And we may be able to take that um, thought, uh, you know, um, on the program and uh, uh, yeah, talk about that. Uh, the number is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. That's a number where you can send us a text message during the program and we'll be very happy to chat uh, with you. On the same number now, I'd like to come with the offer which we have for today. And that's a wonderful book, Knowing Jesus, Knowing God, by uh, David Marshall. And you just need to send us a text message uh, with the code SA131. Again, the code is SA131. One. Please send us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and we'll be very happy to share uh, this uh, book. This book is all about Jesus. It reveals his personality, the reason why we can believe in him and depend on him, and how we can accept his salvation. I would really like to have uh, you to have this book. Send us a text message with the code SA131. The number is 04888-808-11. Now, Tracy, I'm coming to you now and uh, again, I would like to, to ask this question uh, again, you know, uh, uh, today. And uh, the question we have is what does it mean to be a disciple? Mm. That's the question. Mm. But I wonder if we can uh, just uh, have, a, have an, a bit of an open discussion here, what that means mm. to be a disciple. Well, it's interesting. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier about the Brian Houston case, etc. 
and I can reflect that back to the what does it mean to be a disciple. Uh, we talked about the fact that there are expectations in terms of if you are a Christian, what what is ex- you know wh- how you're expected to be somehow different from somebody who is not a disciple of Christ. So there are um, even even amongst community of unbelievers mm. there is an expectation that somebody decla- who declares themselves to be a follower of God will be somehow different and this is what we need to talk about today you know uh, how will we be dif- different what does it mean to to be a disciple is it just about me gritting my teeth and, mm. and clenching my fists and trying to do all of the things that it says that I should do to be a good christian you know there's there's um i i've said many times that you know clenching your teeth and your fists and trying to do it on your own is going to get you nowhere except being a miserable Christian. And all of us have at some point in time met miserable Christians and thought, well, you know, they're really not a good advertisement for uh, being a follower of Christ mm. because we are told that Christ came to give us life abundantly, mm-hmm. exceedingly abundantly. So all of those things are things that we should, we should see in the life of a disciple. But... You know, there is the life before mm-hmm. and the life after. Mm. We are told we are told via the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus about the need to be born again, um, and it's it's um it's a mysterious process, um, and many of us cannot pinpoint the actual time. Of conversion. Mm, interesting. We'll come to that uh, mm. to talk a little bit about conversion because I think that's very important. But mm. I'm wondering, you know, when we're talking about uh, disciples, mm. discipleship, you know, mm. uh, yeah, sometimes people can think, oh, that's probably maybe something for the uh, category of people, you know, in the church, whatever group is. But do we know that we are disciples? Is that something which um, we understand? Or uh, we we just uh, following God, uh, following Jesus. We read in the Bible, do these sort of things, but we don't know if we are the disciples. It's something which is clear in our mm. mind and understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know uh, before I was born again, you know, whenever I uh, I was pretty clear whenever I heard the the term apostle. But disciples, I kind of just, oh yeah, well that's, that's just another, another word for the, the 12 apostles. You know, I was quite ignorant mm. of, of the whole thing. And whenever it talked about saints in the Bible, well, I thought that that was literally what, you know, the Catholics call the saints. So I was missing out on a lot of the comprehension and understanding of, of the Bible. And it's only after being born again and, and having a love for the word and spending more time in the word and understanding it more fully through the help of the Holy Spirit that I've understood that being a disciple is being a follower of Christ. Mm. Well, you can be a disciple of anyone, but we're talking about being Christian disciples here. Um, uh, But a disciple is somehow different than someone who would not 
say I'm a disciple of Christ. It's interesting because the reason I'm trying to to stretch it a little bit here in Matthew um, 28 uh, is it, known as the Great Commission. You know, when Jesus sent out uh, uh, his followers. The disciples, or not only the 12 um, apostles, but all those ones who were around him, he sent them out and said, go to the end of the world, you know, preaching and teaching and uh, baptizing. And he says, tell the world everything Mm. what I have uh, commanded you or Mm. I have taught you. And uh, that's how the disciples went all around the world, you know, and this is where we get the, the sense of what discipleship means. Now it comes in mind, um, to my mind, somebody which uh, I had a discussion recently, a Faith FM listener mm-hmm. who listened to our programs and uh, look into the Bible and say, oh, I didn't know about that or I didn't know about the other thing and starting the Bible, starting to read the Bible more and studies and all those things and learning and learning more. And she's telling me now, and by the way, I will just say hello if you're listening to us today, Pauline, it's uh, good to have you with us. But Pauline said this, I'm studying the Bible with other people. Mm. Now, I wonder, I thought, why is she studying with other people? She's herself just trying to find uh, um, some more her own understanding. Her, yeah. Yeah. But I got the, the thing. She's a disciple already. Mm. You know, she, what she's learning, she's passing on. She's not just holding for herself. She's very happy actually to share with other people the wonderful good news of the Bible. Mm. And that's all about discipleship, I believe. Yeah, and and I think that's part of the conversion experience, actually. There's a a, a scripture, and I don't, I can't, I'm terrible at quoting where things actually are unless I actually look them up. But, um, I believe it was Peter, uh, at one point in time when he was being silenced by the authorities, uh, and they said, you know, we'll, we'll let you go as long as you just stop preaching. And he said, we cannot stop talking about the about the wonderful things that we have found and i remember when i first came upon that and i thought that's actually what's happened to me you know i i don't deliberately do it but i find that conversations um i guess because uh when when you become converted your um your uh, perspectives on life change and Christ becomes very much a part, a center part of your life. And so I would find that without really deliberately meaning to do it, I would direct conversations towards godly things. Uh, and this just happened automatically. Be- and I, and when I read the, the, those words in scripture, I thought, well, that's what's happening to, to me. I cannot stop talking about the love of God and the goodness of God. So yeah, those are just some, some examples. That's uh, very important. Uh, you know what you, you said about because yeah, Peter and John, you know, they were, uh, uh before the, um, and I have to put this on on silent. Why did I didn't put it on? Um, yeah, he was um, answering, you mm. know, to the authorities, authorities mm. and uh, boldly saying, "Now, uh, who should we listen to? Listen yeah. to uh, you or to God? Who's having the authority here?" 
Yes. And that's another thing which we, it could um, uh, take us in uh, into a lot of discussion if we want to about the authority. But um, hey, let's let's move a little bit further uh, if we can, Tracy. And can you take us through a little bit and help us to understand uh, what conversion is? Yeah. Um as I was saying before, you know, it's actually a mysterious kind of thing. Uh, you know, I would say the majority of us cannot pinpoint the time of con- of our conversion. We might be able to understand things that were happening around about that time in our lives. We might look back on our life previously and see that we have changed. When Nicodemus was having the discussion with Jesus and Jesus talked about the need to be born again, uh, what he actually said to him in John 3, 8 is that the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So it's it's this infilling of the Spirit that takes place in the person. We don't understand, you know, we know it comes from, from the Godhead, uh, but we don't really understand completely about the process but it's interesting that he used wind mm. as the as the um, analogy yeah. as the analogy mm. because um, in 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 our everyday life we actually can't see wind either it's invisible mm-hmm. but we see the effect the effect of the wind we see the effect of 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 what the wind does to the trees, everything mm. around. And so it is with the Holy Spirit and the conversion experience. It's the working of the Spirit of God on the person that makes changes. There should be when the wind blows hard and strong. Actually, the other, last night I had to go and rescue some cushions off my outside um, furniture because the wind had got hold of them. Um, I could see the effect of the wind and my poor plants all blowing over uh, but I couldn't see the wind and it's like that Yeah, interesting on that aspect comes in my mind a wonderful story it happened in Romania with uh, during communist time and uh, was in an army a soldier you know he was challenged because of his faith And uh, all the hierarchy of the army said, come on, that's all uh, ridiculous. That's all, you know, all those stories, you know, you you are in the army now, you know what are your duties and so on and so forth. He was um, a, a conscience objector, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, in the end, to make the long story short, you know, they said, you know what? Where is that God which you talk about? You know, if we'll see him, you know, we'll believe. You know, they, they, will, they said, and how can you say such those things and so on and so forth? And actually, it's a yeah, book written about this. And he said, okay, uh, you don't believe because you don't see it. And uh, do you believe uh, that uh, you breathe, you know, the, the oxygen, which you cannot uh, see it and you cannot even prove it, you know, and, uh, but do, do you believe that uh, you breathe some oxygen or, uh, and they, they find themselves in a, in, on the spot, you know, and said, okay, you, you got a point there, you know, and that's how it is with God. Yes. You know, we may not see God, but we see the results. Yes. And uh, they, they look at him and 
even saw in his life the results of the working of God. I remember a, a gentleman used to come, I used to work on another radio station and after some programs, Christian broadcasting, he used to come and challenge me on God and say, where is God, you know, show me. And he even mocked God many times and look under the table, say, is he under there or where is he? And you know, I had to share my story, my mm-hmm. testimony with him. Mm. And I, I said, that's how I know that God uh, exists and in my life. And when I shared my story, you know, he said something which since then remains with me. Mm. He said, he looked long like that in my eyes and said, you have something which I don't have. Mm. Mm. And, and I believe really, that's conversion, uh, yes. you know, because in my life I uh, receive God. I receive Jesus and that was something which has to transform my life. And when I share my testimony and my story, where I've been and where I am at the moment, then he, yeah, he couldn't say anything else but just say, yeah, I'm not there. Mm. And the life converted, you know, a person who has had their life converted, I don't believe that uh, you would ever be able to convince them that that there is no no God, somebody mm. who's truly been converted because they have had that experience. You know, their heart has been renewed by the Spirit of God. And when you've got that renewal of the heart, the life bears witness to the fact that the heart has been renewed. It's impossible when you've been converted, to not have a change. Now, that might not take place on day one. Mm. You know, this is a this is a journey. But certainly what takes place is a change in attitude. Mm-hmm. Change you see a change in character, habits and pursuits. Mm. And you know, character's not revealed just by occasional good deeds and occasional misdeeds. It's by the tendency of the habitual words and acts. And, you know, I can see this in my own life, you know, that there are things that once I really didn't like at all and now I enjoy and vice vice versa. And I can remember years ago, I've always believed in God, but I remember years ago, Looking at people like who I am now, and I'm so, I used to call them Jesus freaks, and I used to go say, "Okay, I get it, but why do they have to go on about it?" I wasn't converted. I didn't understand that when you have that joy in your heart for what has been done for you, you you understand your unworthiness. You understand the love of God. It's impossible to not keep talking about it. But I've talked about the fact. A number of times, and I did earlier today, about the fact that it's not about, you know, clenching the teeth and the fists and, you know, oh, I've got to be a good Mm, good, mm. good Christian. Uh, All that will do is make a person miserable. These changes, if they are a true conversion, they have to come from the inside out. It has to be a renewed heart, which then brings about change on the outside. Because, you know, sometimes people... They might not be converted, but they might do the right thing and look like they've got it together as a great Christian, um, but still not really be renewed by Christ. Um, I know of situations where um, I read a book where a pastor actually was spending time with some uh, new converts who came to his church, and he realized after spending time with them 
that he actually didn't know God. And he had been standing up and preaching for years and years, you know, so, so you can even be in a position, you know, to who, somebody who knows their Bible well, everything. But if the heart is not surrendered, if that conversion has not taken place, you know, the position means, means nothing. You know, the heart is what is what is um, the the true test. Yes. You know, people can work in their own strength and try and do the right things because perhaps there's, you know, an idea that they'll look like a good person mm-hmm. and they'll receive esteem. Um, but when it comes from that place, you know, God sees the heart and the motive. Um, and it's all about who has my heart. Yes, yes. With whom are my thoughts? Who do I love to spend time with? You know, these are, these are the things, um, that we should consider. You know, if, if, if I'm having trouble spending time with God, why am I having trouble spending uh, can time I, with can him? Can I mention here, mm. can we be just casual Christians? I mean, Christians, uh, uh, on occasion, like maybe we go into church once a week or uh, whatever, or we need to be like Christians converted uh, every day in our life, every minute. Uh. Well, we, well, the Bible tells us that there is no halfway point, that um, that God wants to spit out of his mouth mm. those who are tepid. He actually would prefer a cold person rather than a tepid person because with a with a cold person they know that they don't have that um that they don't have any you know delusion that they they're in the right place with him where those who are in a, a tepid place uh sometimes they're lulled into a false sense of of security where perhaps they really do not have that converted heart yes. you know but but sometimes too um we don't want to for any of our listeners we don't want people to be discouraged and think hang on but you know uh i'm stuffing up all the time you know there's no way that i must be a converted person it's about the heart it really is because there's a difference between justification mm-hmm. and sanctification you're right Justification has nothing to do with what we have done. It's all what Christ has done for Mm, us. mm. He opens up the door for that opportunity for us to grab hold of his hand and take on board his righteousness while he takes on board our sinfulness. So that's the justification that we have a part in. And that's two big words, you know, but you're so right, you know, because if we understand what that means to be justified, uh, you know, and uh, to be sanctified in Jesus, um, I think that's a, you, you are on the journey. You are following into the footsteps of Jesus. Well, just because we are justified through Christ's sacrifice and the fact that we have surrendered our lives to him mm. does not mean that we can just say, okay, but now I get to live my life. Yeah, he did when, it for me, and then uh, and okay, I'm, I'm just right. justified. Yeah, this I'm, goes hand in hand: justification yes. and sanctification. Yes, Very yes. good point. Because when I'm truly converted, I desire. 
to do what God wants for mm. me. Mm. I might fall down a lot of the time and have to ask for forgiveness, but the key is my desire, my desire to to follow his example, you know, um, and, you know, we, we have that beautiful forgiveness that we can come to the Lord and repent and turn our lives away from that sin and we are completely forgiven as if it never took place. Mm. But God wants to bring us to a, a better place and he seeks to make those changes in it in us you know when we are truly converted there's a desire to follow the commandments of yes. god you know, hebrews 10:16 yes. says i will put my laws into their hearts and their minds will i write them on you know so so it's that you know, understanding of, of the importance of God's law, of the sanctity of God's, of God's law, and really about having that relationship with somebody who is the most important person to me in my life mm. and wanting to please them. Yes, uh, indeed, uh, beautiful words actually in Hebrew. And, uh, uh, you know, when we talk about um, discipleship, you know, we are also not to, I mean, how to, how to put it that way? God speaks about commandments, you know, things like that. And we don't like that because we think that that's a restriction. But no, God actually wants to enrich our it's wisdom. Uh, it's wisdom and our relationship with Him. It's wisdom and, and it's protection. It's, it's, it's borders that keep us safe and happy. Yeah. And interesting that uh, when we are uh, changed or re- reformed, if you like, mm. that leads us to obedience. Is mm. is that not right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, the 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 desire for obedience is another of those signs of true mm. discipleship. Uh, scripture tells us this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And that's in John 5, 3, and 24. So as I was talking about, instead of releasing the person from obedience... It's, it's faith and faith only that makes us partakers of the grace of Christ, which enables us to give that obedience. Mm. It, we're, it's only possible through our faith and our relationship in Christ that we can uh, grow into obedience. And, and as I mentioned, salvation's not earned by our obedience. It's a free gift, but obedience is the fruit of our faith. Yes. So, so yeah, um, uh, we just need to consider these things and, and maybe ask ourselves about where am I at with my relationship with God? Uh, am I converted Mm -hmm. or am I not based on, on these things? And what do I do if I kind of go, oh, well, you know, God really doesn't Jesus doesn't have my heart. He's not at the center. Listener, what I would say, if you find yourself in that situation, come to God in prayer. Ask him to change your heart. Ask him to make those changes in them in you. You can't make those changes yourself. And we can't and and it's 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 difficult. It would be lovely to just go spirit of God, come into me right now. And I guess that's a very good pr- 
good prayer. And we don't know when we pray that mm, prayer mm. because we cannot see the Spirit of God, because the Holy Spirit is invisible. We can't see whether that actually there is a process that begins to take place. But, you know, it's not like we can say a special prayer and when we say that prayer, then we are converted. Sometimes you hear uh, certain uh, denominations will say, this is the prayer that you have to Say, have to say yeah, yeah. like it's a abracadabra magic mm, kind of mm. kind of thing. I don't believe that it is that. It's it's a giving up your heart to and God. And it's a heartfelt, you know, uh, connection with God. You cannot just write on the beautiful on a piece of paper even prayers. Mm. They may sound so nicely, but your heart may not be there. And uh, all all those things. I know, uh, Tracy. Times is going very quickly, and I'm wondering if we can, you know, bring it a little bit uh, more together now. But I want to give our uh, listener the opportunity to really have this wonderful book, which we have prepared for you, my dear friend. Uh, the book is called Knowing Jesus. Knowing God by uh, David Marshall. Please send us a text message with the code SA one three one. And uh, our our friendly bo- uh, bot will be very happy to take you through. Again, SA131, the book is Knowing Jesus, Knowing God. And the number is 04-888-808-11. So I would say, just to maybe sum up, you know, I think it's important to consider our life, uh, sit back and, and, and look at it objectively and consider, is my heart surrendered to God? Is, is my life different today because I have accepted God? Or, or is God just kind of, you know, tagged onto the top of what my life used to be? Uh, our lives as disciples of Christ should be different to the lives of other people. Now, we shouldn't be so much hermits kind of thing that we can't relate to people, but there is a difference between being able to relate to people and partaking in the same kinds of um, activities in life that maybe would not be uh, something that the Lord would would want uh, want us to mm. participate in. But again, I would say don't be discouraged if when you look at that, actually I'd like to just back up and say before you really sit back and think about those things, pray about it because Satan likes to uh, condemn us and the Holy Spirit is not about con- condemnation. The Holy Spirit is about conviction, convicting us when there is a need of change. And you know the difference between whether Satan has got in there and whether it's a Holy Spirit, whether you feel condemned or convicted. Con- conviction pushes you to want to change and make those 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 better um, choices. Uh, condemnation makes you feel completely discouraged. So pray about it. Sit back and take some time to consider those things uh, and come to the Lord where you see that you fall short. Come to the Lord. Ask him to make those transformational changes in you. And it may not happen tomorrow, but he certainly wants to perfect that journey and that that uh, work that he started in you until the end of time. That's it. That's wonderful, uh, Tracy. Thank you. Thank you for sharing uh, on that. Uh, and uh, yes, uh, I would love to, uh, 
even think of those words in James. Actually, that says that even Satan, even he believes and tremble, trembles, but he doesn't have faith in Jesus. You know, mm. uh, we need to be those people who have faith in Jesus. Well, uh, our time, time it's up uh, for um, uh, today, uh, my dear friend, and uh, I would love to have you back with us next time when we are going to continue actually under these uh, essential steps uh, to walking with uh, Jesus. And um, we'll learn a little bit more how to grow in Jesus Christ. I wonder if we can have a short prayer, Tracy. Would you like to lead us in a short prayer? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. I thank you for your desire to transform us. I pray for myself and Nick and all of the listeners, Lord, that we would come into a closer relationship with you and therefore we would become stronger and stronger disciples for you. In Jesus' name, amen. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.